Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Everybody joining us from wherever you are in the world, online, a massive welcome to you. Let's have a big welcome in every location for all of our online family. Everybody, everybody, everywhere, we love you. And we are in week two here at Arise in a series simply entitled All the Feels, and we're talking about emotions. If you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to get uh, either the podcast or to watch it on YouTube, because we talked last week about the fact that God has emotions. God gets angry. God grieves. We talked about the fact that the Father loves, and we talked about the fact that we're emotional because God made us emotional. The truth is now we live in a fallen world, and so we're trying to process these things that God has given us not necessarily without the full degree of God's support that he would like us to have. So that's where our challenges kick in. And, and if you weren't here last week, I don't want to review it, but I want to really encourage everybody to make sure that you check it out. This week, we want to talk about one of the greatest challenges to our generation. Gen Z, the latest generation to come on the earth, is literally being dubbed uh, unofficially, officially by uh, you know, sociologists, the anxious generation. We are struggling with this thing called anxiety. We're stressed, we're burdened, we're feeling the pressure of the time in which we live. These are times of worry and of fear, and we're feeling overwhelmed as a culture. You're not the only one. We're, we're connected to everything, we're stimulated for longer periods of time, longer portions of our day than ever before. We're able to respond like never before in human history. If you get the urge to shop at 11.30 at night, you can just grab your smartphone and off you go. We, we're able to respond, but we are burdened by the pressure to do so. And because of the increasing stimulus and the lack of, of strength on the inside of us to deal with the increased pressure of what we're facing, we live in a time of panic attacks and anxiety disorders and a heightened sense of stress, and it's just not easy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I want to just let you know at the front end of this message that this is not something that I'm estranged to. The first time I ever went to a doctor because I was having trouble sleeping in my life because of my anxiety, I was somewhere between the age of 11 and 13 years old. I'm accustomed with what it feels like to struggle with a feeling of anxiety. And for me, in my life, two verses of Scripture that have meant a lot are from the book of Philippians, and that's where I want to dive into this message this morning. And like a ray of sunshine in whatever anxiety you're struggling with today, into our lives this morning is going to jump Philippians chapter 4. Where the Bible tells us about the Apostle Paul giving context before we look at the specificities of the verses, you need to know about Paul that when he wrote the book of Philippians, he was under arrest, living in the city of Rome, awaiting trial where he expected to die, okay? So he is not in a season in his life that is peaceful, tranquil, everything is easy, he didn't have ideal circumstances or have a positive outlook for the future. His circumstances are prison. His outlook is death. When we read the book of Philippians, it's not a monastery letter, okay? There's no one singing sweet songs in the background. He is not sitting on a beach somewhere watching the sunrise, having a drink out of a coconut shell. He is, he is in an intense season in his life, facing tremendous pressure, and he thinks that his life is about to end. 
In other words, he's got the authority to speak, okay? And in Philippians chapter four and verse six, this is what he wrote. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, will guard your heart and will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. What a powerful couple of verses. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our heart and guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Seems too easy, doesn't it? I mean, he starts off, and in his opening line, he says, don't be anxious. In his closing phrase, he said, the peace of God is gonna guard your heart and guard your mind. Close your Bible, we're done. It just seems a little bit too easy, doesn't it? Like he's just putting it out there. Somehow we're supposed to get on board with it. Everything's supposed to work. But the truth is, this is a guy writing this in a situation in his life that is not estranged to pressure or fear or stress or worry or this big mountain that we call anxiety. And the one writing it is also somebody that has penned pages of the Bible, literally meaning that these words are life for us and there is answers in this for us. And if we could um, uh, take on board what these verses are talking about, then we could change our lives today. Does anybody believe that? He said in the opening phrase, he said, do not be anxious about anything. The Bible's saying, Guys, and this should be tremendously encouraging for each and every one of us, that we don't have to give a place to anxiety. We don't have to give a place to anxiety. Now that's encouraging, that's also massively challenging because the Bible is literally saying it is not our lot in life to be overwhelmed by events and pressures. It's not God's destiny for us, for circumstances and things to take central place in our lives and in our world. And even if we're not living there right now, that needs to captivate our attention and drive us into this passage to figure out how on earth that happens. He goes on and he says, we don't have to be overburdened or consumed or troubled by the things in our lives. He said, but what we need to do is in everything. And now we immediately realize that Paul knows what he's talking about. Because in my life, I can tell you where my anxiety comes from. And I reckon it's the same for everybody from Whangarei, from Hamilton, everybody in Palmy this morning, and certainly you Cantabrians and Dunedinites, whatever you're called, Otagoans, I don't know what you're called. But everybody everywhere that's hearing this talk, I can tell you where your anxiety comes from. Are you ready? Everything. When I think about the anxiety in my life, there might be a little bit that is the final thing. There might be a straw that tips us over the edge, but it's not ever one thing. If I only ever had to deal with one thing, I would never be overwhelmed by anxiety. Anybody know what I mean? But it's the, it's the fact that I'm fearful for the future, concerned about the environment, comparing myself to others, worried whether I'm a good spouse, doubting whether I'm a great parent, questioning whether I'm gonna make it through the circumstance. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Wondering what that new thing is developing on my white skin. Like whatever it is, 
all of these things bundled in together, and finally one of them becomes the one that makes me anxious. So the Bible is saying, don't be anxious. Instead, we need to do something. We need to think not just about a little portion of our lives or a few things that we define as Christian or a certain portion of our life that we want to involve God in. We're going to have to think about every single thing, but in everything, somebody say everything, in everything by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. In other words, the Bible is saying, take whatever you're thinking about, take whatever is in your life, take everything that is in your life, and whether it be big or small, whether it be deemed by your psyche as Christian or secular, whether it be seen as valid or petty, bring everything that is going on in your life and start involving God in it. God is literally saying, we don't want to just bring a few things. I don't need to wait until I have the right perspective before I talk to God about stuff. I don't need to get clear whether I'm feeling petty, whether I'm feeling aggrieved, whether I'm, whether I'm looking at somebody else's life on social media and falling out of love with my own, or whether, whether I'm worried because I'm not getting what I want in life and I'd really like more money. Anything, everything, whatever I'm feeling, whatever is going on in my life, the Bible's saying, don't do life alone. Am I talking to anybody? The Bible's saying, take whatever you're thinking about and involve God in it. Take whatever is going on in your life and ask for God's help. Don't do life alone. Because what we tend to do as Christians, isn't it, or as people, is we tend to have a new thing jump into our life, and it's deeply concerning. And then what we do is we normally obsess on it, focus on it, try to figure our way out of it. If it's in the workplace, we work longer hours. We stress about it, we worry about it. Normally at the same time, prayer life is being replaced by hours in the workplace or, or clarity is being replaced by cloudiness and we're talking to God less when we need God. Right? And what the Bible's literally saying is the problem is that we are creating this gap in our lives between what is really concerning us and our faith relationship with Jesus, our conversations with God, our intimacy with our Heavenly Father. And the Bible's trying to tell you and me that if we wanna deal with our anxiety, that the way that we do this is by making sure that in everything we pray, that without delay, we pray, that I make a decision in my life that I'm gonna be increasingly aligned to God. I'm gonna be increasingly surrendered to God. I'm gonna be... I'm gonna grow in my dependency upon God. I'm not gonna try and live alone. I'm gonna cultivate in my heart and in my life an active relationship with God. 
Guys, I just have a feeling like I'm talking to some people who are like, John, I understand. You're telling me I need to be a Christian and it'll be good for me to pray. I'm not. I'm saying that in our lives, there is these anxious moments, anxious thoughts, concerning environments, pressured situations, and often God is not part of them or he is after a long, long delay. And what God is literally saying is we've, if we want to change our world, we can do it by actually increasing our God awareness that isn't just a, a habit that is morning and evening or, or a habit that is involved in Christian worship. Um, the Bible is literally saying your faith relationship, your, your engagement with God, your conversations with God need to be day by day, moment by moment hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second. The Bible is saying, get God involved in everything. Talk to God a heck of a lot more. Am I allowed to say heck? The Bible's saying we must become increasingly reliant upon God. We must involve God in everything that we're facing. This is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. The Bible says, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible's literally saying, Hamilton, that we should bring whatever is making my thoughts be cloudy. And I should get God involved straight away. This is not about the miracles. Because the thing is, when we think about our Christian faith, there are a lot of sermons that we preach about the miracles that come because we pray. Or the God who can turn something around. The God who restores what the locust has stolen, right? The God who, who winds back the clock in our lives and gives life to our years. The God who can heal our bodies or the God who can provide. He absolutely is all of those things. If you believe it, I need a loud amen. But this verse is about what happens before. The moment I feel the thing and before the miracle comes. I'm not there supposed to be alone in that gap, guys. We're not supposed to live a moment, a second, an hour of our lives in whatever situation we're in without Him. He said, I am your ever-present source of help in times of trouble. He said, you can cast not just some of your anxiety, but all of it on me because I care for you. I'm here for you. I'm able to help. The Bible is trying to say to us that we need to cultivate a deeper relationship a deeper dependency on God. We need to bring God right in. I've got my own version of this verse. I've actually been working on it this week. Let me give it to you this morning. Are you ready for this? This is the John Cameron version. We're never gonna publish this. We're certainly not gonna you know, put it, I'm not doing my own Bible translation, but this is just my kind of layman's attempt. It'll only be ever spoken verbally and then put on YouTube, but, but here it is. I think the Bible is trying to say to us in these two verses, don't become overwhelmed with things that are happening in your life. Don't make your faith only about a few things. Make it about all that is going on. Bring God, bring every moment of your life to Jesus. Talk to God about everything. Ask for God's help. And God will grant you His peace that is greater and more powerful than any problem you, that comes in your way. I, yeah, come on, can we give God some praise? God is literally saying, don't leave me out. Don't put me over here. I'm here to tell you 
you don't have to be, I don't want you in anxiety. And the way that I'm going to get you out of it is, because, is by you increasing your relationship with me through prayer. The way we find his peace and experience his closeness is through prayer. The Bible literally says, present your requests to God. Talk to God about everything. Ask for help with everything. God is able to help whatever we're facing. Don't just bring a few things to him. Don't just bring the tip of the, the anxiety iceberg to God, but bring to him all the little things that are beneath the surface. Start talking to him whenever the waters of your life are cloudy, whenever something is stirred up, when you feel, by the way, any emotion in your life, any thought, any thought in your life that excites within you, either fear, worry, or stress is not a God-given thought. Did you know that? And the Bible is saying, don't just bring it to me when you're lying on the floor feeling like everything is too big. He said, that, uh, you, can, you can definitely come to me then, but I'd love to help a lot earlier than that. I'd love to help the moment you're looking at social media and thinking, I wish I had a few less kilos around my waist. I would like to help you whenever you feel like you're in a job and you're unsure whether you're making a real contribution to the world. I would love to help you if you're a father trying to hang out with your children, feeling inept in attempting to communicate to these little people. I would like to help you if you feel like you can't resolve your conflicts. I would like to help you if you feel like you're under pressure in your workplace. I'd like to help you in every moment, everything that would ever incite within you a feeling of stress or worry or anxiety. God is saying, let me in. Come on. God is literally saying, guys, I want to help you. I want to be there. I want to talk to me about everything. How? How do we talk to him? Well, isn't it amazing that the Bible even breaks that down? It says, by prayer and petition. This has been a mystery for me for years. What is prayer and what is petition? So I did a little bit of research, and I want to give it to you. It's so deep, it's going to change your life. Are you ready for this? Prayer is verbal. Petition is nonverbal. That is pretty simple. The Bible is literally saying, prayer I do out loud and maybe other people will hear it. Petition I do in private and maybe it never even comes out of my mouth. Do you understand what God is saying? God is saying, you don't even have to open your mouth to pray to me. You don't even have to let anybody know you're praying to pray to me. You can pray to me in every moment. The Bible is literally saying, pray, 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 pray a lot, pray all the time. Did you know you can pray when you're playing competitive games and it's not cheating? I know this because I do it all the time and people tell me I'm cheating. I'm playing board games with my children about to roll the dice and I'm like, Lord, I ask for your blessing. And they're like, that is cheating. And I'm like, show me where in the rules it says you cannot pray. And it doesn't. You can play tennis and pray. You can play poker. I mean, don't do that. But you know, you can. Did I say that? I didn't. It's not recorded. No one, no one heard it. Uh, don't do that. But anyway, you can, you can do whatever. You can play any competitive. You can, you can pray when you're sitting in exam. It's not illegal. You can pray when you're in the middle of a job contract negotiation. That's, that's fine. God can help you when you're in the middle of some kind of negotiation moment with your kids. God can help 
when you're a husband trying to pick the right restaurant for a date, anybody, any husbands out there like, that is the most stressful and anxious thing in my life. I just, I eat food to be full, you know? More meat, good restaurant. No, that's not, it stresses me the heck out. I can pray about that. I can pray, I can pray about the big, I can pray about the small. And God is literally saying, the reason why we struggle with this anxiety thing is because we need to broaden our experience of faith to include every attribute of our lives. Prayer is the key. We don't need to accept anxiety. We don't need to ex accept a life that is just overburdened with stuff. We need, to, we need to come to him every moment. It's Psalm 139, 23, where David said, search me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any way in me that is not pleasing to you. He said, he said I, just, I just don't want to only bring to you my life when it's completely overwhelmed. I want to bring it all to you. And God is saying, and I want to help you. We need to bring whatever we're facing to God in prayer and say, Lord, would you help? The Bible's saying to us, team, and this is what we, we need to understand. The Bible's saying that we need to develop a new habit. We need to develop a new rhythm to our lives. It's saying, it's saying including God in what we're going through isn't passive, it's active. He's there, but we have to recalibrate our lives, our habits, our rhythms. We have a practice that needs to be cultivated. We have a channel that needs to be opened. We need to have a pathway in our lives that needs to be established. And the pathway is from my emotion to God's assistance. And the way that we do that is through a lifestyle of constant prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. I can ask for God's help while I'm speaking to you to speak to you, and that's okay. I can ask God's help for any feelings I feel that aren't helpful while I'm speaking to you, and that's okay. We can ask God for help about everything that is going on in our lives. Guys, we are the ones who come not only to the God who can cure incurable sicknesses, to the God who can provide financially, even when there's nothing that would say that we could make it through. We come to the God who not only is interested in our health and well-being, but the God who said, even before the miracle happens, I can help you with what's going on in your mind. That is the God that we're coming to. And can we give that God some praise right now? I mean, I've got, a, I've got one of these Apple watches. I love it because it gives me lots of numbers and I love numbers. And I can tell how many calories I burned when I work out and all that kind of stuff. It's absolutely amazing. But when I first got this Apple watch, about once every, every few hours, it would start vibrating and I would look at it and you know what it would say? Breathe. <laughs> Anybody else got an Apple watch? It's the weirdest thing, like little bubbles are coming up. On, I'm like, breathe, what the flip are you doing? I didn't. I asked you to tell the time. Not to, I'm breathing right now. What are you doing? But we live in a world when everybody's just getting caught up with what's going on. And as Christians, we don't need to navel gaze. And we don't need an app to tell us to breathe. 
I'm not against, you know, moments of reflection. I like sunrises and sunsets, and I think that we should be all meditating on God's Word. But I'm just here to tell you that God invites you into a relationship with Him that is so personal, that is deep, that He can literally be the one who calms our anxious storms and breathes life and healing into us. That is the God that we serve. The stronghold of the godly is prayer. A lifestyle of prayer. A communion of prayer. A relationship of prayer. Anxiety grows faster in the deficit between the pressures we are facing or the fears that we are experiencing and our intimacy and connection with God. I'm not saying that if you've got fear or you're under pressure, that that's because you don't know Jesus. I'm just saying like the north and the south side of the house, the less God is involved in what we're facing, the faster our anxieties overtake us. Does being a person of prayer mean that we'll never experience anxiety? No. That would be unfair. That would also be untrue. But it does give perspective to James chapter 1, 2, and 3. That says, count it joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So the Bible's literally saying, being a Christian doesn't mean that I'm going to have nothing, I'm not going to experience things in my life that are going to make me feel anxious. What it means is that every time I face something that makes me anxious and I include God in it, my my pressures, my stress points, my turmoil didn't drive me into the depths. It drove me into the presence of Jesus. And that's what God's will is. Because at the end of the day, when problems push you into the presence of God, every anxious moment becomes a place of increasing intimacy with our Heavenly Father. Did you catch that? I mean, when Jillian and I, uh, 10 years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that, we had what we call a leaky home. And I know there are people from our online community all over the place, maybe you have no idea what that is. But during a time of New Zealand history, 40,000 homes were built with untreated timber and with uh, improper flashings to keep water out. So the wood is pine, it's untreated, water would get in and just a little bit of water would begin to rot the pine and the houses would literally rot from the inside out to a point where a structural wall, you could take a fist and put your hand all the way through it. And we had one of those homes. Stress, anxiety, my stomach shook uncontrollably for three weeks. Overwhelmed, unable to sleep, hardly able to eat, not able to plan. I've been there. And it was, all I could do was to just say, okay, well, I'm just, if I'm awake at night, I better pray. If I can't make sense of this, I better read my Bible. And it just drove me to God. Three weeks in, three weeks in, in the middle of the night, something hit me. I realized that the Bible said in the book of Malachi that God would rebuke the devourer. If I would bring my whole tithe into the storehouse, he would rebuke the devourer. Now, 
for those of you who don't know me, I've tithed from the day I became a Christian. 10% of my gross income, bam, straight to God every day. Well, right now I've banked a check and I'm about to cash on it. So I, I went over every wall in that house, every single wall in that house going, I, you said God, now it's your problem. I rebuked the devourer because you said you would, now it's your problem. And I, I, did, it mean, did it mean that from that night on, I never felt stressed about that situation? No, but what started to happen, if I was in the middle of the dark, that was the night the light broke in. And the light kept getting bigger, and the problem kept getting smaller. And you know what? When we reclad that house, there was only one wall, because it was nearly all glass, and that was the only wall I didn't lay my hands on that night. And it had one beam in it that was wooden between two layers of glass, and that beam is the only place in the house they found rot in the entire property and I just think God's I think that's God's sense of humor he comes it's I thank God that I had a leaky home because out of that there are so many things that no longer make me anxious because I've been driven my pressures my my anxious moments drive me deeper into dependency every moment every day not on my own talent or abilities but on the one who is greater than every trial in my life if you believe that could you give your God some praise for this moment the band can come and join me. I, I want to just, I'm going to take just a couple more minutes, but let me just quickly tell you, I want to tell you four things that I do whenever I come under serious anxiety in my life, okay? I want to give this to you because my job essentially is dealing with the problems that nobody else can fix. So I've got a, I've got a little bit of experience about what it means to deal with things that would make somebody anxious. Here's four things that I do. Number one, the moment I know this thing is so big, it could tip me over the edge into anxiety, I eliminate all coffee. No caffeine. Why? Because there is only one negative impact of coffee, caffeine in the human body, and that is that it multiplies the impact of stress. Okay, there are a lot of good things, stimulation, for me, pleasant taste, Christian behavior, joy. But... <laughs> Even the singers agree with me, but, but that one thing, okay, second thing, eliminate all social media. Don't find new ways that you can invite negative emotions. Number three, I pray praise and worship music all day, every day, in my car, in my house, always around me. If I'm overwhelmed by something, I crank up. Listen, don't listen to the music that's melancholy and depressing if you're in a place of anxiety. Get some praise and worship music and play it because it's going to break a spirit. It's going to bring God's presence. It's going to free your life. And here's number four. The fourth thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to read the Bible to fall asleep and I'm going to read the Bible when I wake in the morning. I'm going to make sure that I'm putting something consciously in here that is not de deceitful or, 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 or fictitious or, or in any way devoid of life. I'm going to get the life-giving Word of God and I'm going to feed myself on it until I break free from that situation. The peace of God that transcends all understanding is going to guard our hearts and it's going to guard our minds. Transcends. That word transcends, guys, literally means it has greater authority. It has greater authority. It transcends. It has greater authority. 
than my understanding. That's my, my understanding is my comprehension, reason, or judgment. And then it says that it's going to guard my heart and it's going to guard my mind. What's my heart and what's my mind? Well, your heart is your mind and your emotions. And your mind is your mental perception. So the Bible is literally saying, I'm going to do something in your emotions and I'm going to do with something about how you see what's going to happen next. Because the cause of our anxiety is not just the stimulus of the present. It's where we think the present is leading us in the days that are to come. And God said, I'm going to help with both. And if you are thankful for that, could you praise Him for a minute? I'm going to change the way you feel and I'm going to change the way you see. Change the way you feel, I'm going to change the way you see. That's the power of prayer. If you believe it, shout amen. When, when, my, son, when my son Will was about three years old, he developed an autoimmune disease. And, and I was literally driving down a street. My son is three years old. I'm driving down a street in Melbourne. I get a phone call from Jillian. She says, we're on our way to the hospital. The doctors have diagnosed Will. Well, sorry, the doctors think that Will has this autoimmune disease. We're on our way to the hospital. I hung up the phone. I turned to my driver who was driving me that day in Melbourne. And I said, have you ever heard of a disease? And I named the disease. I always say it wrong. So I, I named it. And he said, heard of it? I had it. He didn't know the context, okay? So he begins to tell me his story. I was 12 years old. My, my dad carried me into the hospital. I couldn't walk. Over the next few months, the disease took me so low, I couldn't breathe. They had me on a respirator, but they kept me alive. I came out the other side. They put braces on my legs. I had to learn how to walk again, learn how to write again, learn how to, you know, learn. I put me years behind for school. You know, I began to talk about how it affected all of his peer relationships. And, you know, then it began to give glory for God that he'd come all the way out the other side of it. And here I am. You can imagine, I had a certain level of anxiety. So I got into a hotel room. I was supposed to preach, but I just got into a hotel room. I couldn't get home till the next morning. So I began to pray. I mean, I, I'm just, my first prayer was God, not my son. I mean, please. Then I realized that he did the opposite. He gave his own son for me. I'm like, okay, all right. And then I'm like, you know, Lord, you know, then I began to pray every scripture about healing that's in the Bible. I couldn't sleep, so I just started praying every, every scripture about healing. Now, my boy at the time was three years old, just a little tiny guy, normal size, normal kid. And I saw a picture. And the picture was of my son when he was a teenager. And he was tall. He had blonde hair. He was handsome. He was popular. And you know how you know things and visions? He was coordinated. And I text Jillian, 2.30 in the morning, I said, baby, don't you worry about Will. He's going to be just fine. And you know, Will, Will's 12 years old. He turns 13 next month. He's the tallest in our family now. Just, just crossed me and Jillian. He's now literally like an inch or a centimeter taller than I am. A little bit taller than Jillian is. She's slightly taller than me, but, but <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. He's tall. He's handsome. He has blonde hair. And listen, those stories get more powerful the bigger distance between the moment. But you know what? In my life, it was more powerful at the time than it is now. And I'm just here to tell you, God helps anxiety. God cares not just about my problems, but yours. He said, if I, 
Elijah was just a guy. And I answered his prayers. And I can answer yours too. But let's not leave our lives over here and our prayer over here. Everything. Everything. I'm going to bring it to you. And I'm going to keep bringing it to you. And you know what? If he can count the hairs on your head, he can cope with your petty little problems. If he, if, he, if, he can, if he can hold the world in the palm of his hands, then he's got time for whatever is overwhelming you right now, whatever is overshadowing your heart, whatever is filling you with disquiet, whatever is robbing you of sleep. God cares. God's available. And he said, before I even help, I can help you with your anxiety. And if you believe that, could you give your God some praise in every campus? Come on, stand to your feet together, arise, and give your God some praise right now. He cares. He cares. He's involved. He helps. He's wonderful. And we praise Him in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Before I hand back every campus, I'm going to pray a prayer because there are some people that are struggling with some anxiety right now. And I just want to pray for you because God is able to help. God cares. God loves you. Every single person, close your eyes. If you've got anxiety problems in your life, understand that God loves you. There isn't something wrong with you, but God does want to help you. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person every single anxious problem, every tumultuous mind, every troubled sea, Lord, every, 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 every negative image that's seen, every tormenting emotion. In the name of Jesus, we bring what is troubling us to you and we ask you, the one who guards hearts and guards minds to be with us, to calm our seas, to show us your will and what you have in store. Lord, breathe life into every heart, into every situation, in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you believe He can do it, could you give your God some praise? Hallelujah. We give you praise, Jesus. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.